Hey there, fellow entrepreneurs. If you're tired of complicated domain management, I've got the solution for you. Hover.com. Hover makes registering and managing domains a breeze. Their clean interface and hassle-free experience will save you time and frustration. No upsells, no hidden fees, just straightforward domain services. Plus, Hover offers top-notch customer support. Make your life easier. Head over to foxcitiesmm.com slash Hover and simplify your domain journey today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fox Cities Murder and Mayhem. I am Eric Waltikins. I'm Gavin Schmidt. And Gavin, after the long day of meat. (laughs) Yes. You got a you got a good story for us. I got a story about meat. Maybe we should we should first explain our long day of meat. We Did, just had we? we we just had a work grill out today. We weren't like I don't know doing anything weird with meat. We were just eating. Not meat. that wasn't that weird. Man. <laughs> so, just a, but I, you do have a story about meat. No, it's, it's not about. It's not. That would have been ironic. I know, but it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, it's actually been a very long time since we recorded the last episode, so I'm gonna I'm gonna test you. Do you remember? I told you last time that we were doing a two part theme. Do you remember what the last episode was? The, well, just because I had to look today to see what our next episode was coming out was, it was butter versus margarine, right? That's right. So we're continuing on with our dairy theme. A dairy theme. Yes. So is this no murder mayhem? Just dairy. Or... Um, there's some murder and mayhem. Ooh, yeah. All right. Um, so <laughs> this is a very, it's a very broad, a uh, broad episode. Uh, throughout the 1800s, <laughs> <laughs> great, best way to start it. Yes. Uh, the <laughs> farmers were growing wheat. They were growing wheat all over the place. They're growing wheat here in Wisconsin. They're growing wheat other places. And there's just so much wheat. But Wisconsin figured out, well, there's wheat everywhere. We got to start doing something else. So you know they're like, well, how about we how about we do dairy? Dairy sounds like a good idea, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, let's do dairy. So they, uh, Wisconsin switched very heavily to dairy around the 1870s, which turned out to be pretty smart because wheat collapsed big time in the 1880s, which is neither here nor there. But there, and that in like the 30 second nutshell is how Wisconsin became the dairy state. I find that. Story right there, fascinating, because, so you're telling me that the only reason why we're the dairy state is because many, many years ago, wheat prices were falling, and they're like, let's be a dairy state. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of ironic to me. Yeah, they were, so. they were, growing, they were growing wheat, and, uh, and then, yeah, wheat was growing in other places, especially as people were settling farther and farther west, and then, yeah... Coincidentally, I mean, they had already kind of switched to, to dairy, but coincidentally, shortly after that, wheat took a big plunge because it was a major, what they called the wheat blight, which wiped out a lot of crops. crops. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we're going to jump ahead. 1929. This is just before the Great Depression starts. The unemployment rate in the U.S. was at 3.2%. That's pretty good. Yeah. A couple of years later, 1933, unemployment rate hit. 25%, which is bad, which is bad. Wisconsin at this point is the largest producer of milk in the United States. Perhaps it still is. I'm not sure about that. In the 1930 census, there were over 125,000 dairy farms in the state. 65% of all land in Wisconsin was farm. And seventy-one percent of all farms were dairies. A wow. lot of lot of farm and a lot of dairy. Going so when on. they decided to go dairy, 
They really went They dairy. went big. <laughs> yeah. They went big. As the depression starts, the prices that the farmers could sell their product for went down, while the price of things that they needed to run their business stayed the same or went up. So just like many other people as the Depression hit, they were in a bad place. The Midwest started seeing uh, farmers get very agitated. Uh, there were some very upset people who were like, we got to raise our prices. And other people would be like, you can't raise your prices. We're in a Depression, so you can't do that. The farmers like, well, if I don't make enough money, I'm going to go out of business. And then there won't be anything to sell. <laughs> it was a whole big mess. And that's, you know, again, kind of a side note. At a mass meeting of 8,000 farmers in 1932, the head of an organization called the Wisconsin Farm Holiday Association said, we'll solve our problems with bayonets, and I don't mean maybe. At the meeting, they organized, and they said, we're going to have a strike. At first, the strike actually started in Iowa, strangely. But within a few months, membership was growing in Wisconsin, where I had over 130,000 farmers ready to go. It's so when you say ready to go, they were literally... Ready to go on strike or do what they had, had to, to do. It's 1933. Dairy farmers are now receiving less than half of what they had made for their milk just three years earlier. They are P.O.'d. Another group was the Wisconsin Cooperative Milk Pool, which was run by Walter Singler of Shyocton. He, was, he organized a group to give smaller farmers bargaining power against the larger farmers. Because the larger farms were like, eh, we can cut costs here and there. But the small farmers were like, we can't do that. We're, we're not selling in bulk here. He was able to get 6,700 members. Much smaller, but still important. And these people were angrier. They had nothing to lose. They were desperate. They couldn't even cut costs by the pennies. So he says, all right, everybody, it's February 1933. We're going to call a strike now. And if you don't agree to this strike, you may as well quit being a farmer because it's go time. So February 1933, milk strike. A milk strike. Milk strike. <laughs> to the use of intimidation, including dumping out milk on the highways and forcing small cheese and butter factories in the Fox Cities to close down the milk pool, the cooperative milk pool, said, all right, everybody, stop selling your butter, stop selling your cheese, stop selling your milk. If we can't get fair prices on this, we're not selling, and we're not letting you sell. They put blocks across the road with barricades of boxes, logs, chains. Um, they'd link hands, whatever they had to do to get delivery trucks to not deliver milk no milk deliveries if you aren't going to help us you are uh, the enemy if the trucks refuse to turn back the strikers would jump on their trucks and dump out their milk on the roadside at first the strikers were few so deliveries simply said well okay i'll turn around and i'll go down a different road so they weren't super effective at first the state tried to get the milk to the market by breaking up the roadblocks or sometimes they would get the National Guard to escort the milk trucks to their destination. They brought along tear gas <coughs> to break up the large groups. And sometimes they would even use the bayonets to force the farmers off the roads, the striking farmers. So just for a little clarification here, you said that they couldn't raise their prices. This is why this strike happened. Mm -hmm. Is this because did they, 
was there like a something that said you couldn't raise the price of dairy products during the depression or I, something? I'm not exactly clear. I mean, that's a great question. I'm not exactly clear, but it seems to me there were fixed prices. I believe there were during the depression. There was a point in time where they started saying, no, you can't raise prices anymore on yeah. anything. Yeah, so. I believe there were fixed prices. And like I said, so like if you were a large enough dairy, that was fine because you were dealing with such mass quantities that you were okay. But if you were on the smaller end, you know, your overhead is like higher, higher. per gallon or whatever. So sheriffs came in with clubs and tear gas to break things up. The state supplied them with a very special kind of tear gas that made people not only cry, but also vomit and poop themselves. <laughs> well, thank you, state. <laughs> so that's good, you know. Um, people were getting in fights near Appleton, where the milk guards, the, the National Guard helping the milk trucks come through, when they came across strikers, they would throw horseshoes at the strikers. Wow. And apparently that was very painful. On February 21st, 1933, milk strike took a serious turn in Calumet County. Fifty farmers went over the county line and committed acts of vandalism to several cheese factors, factories around Brillian. They poured kerosene over 600 pounds of cheese, so that cheese was no good. <laughs> they destroyed all the cheese in Chilton. They destroyed the cheese at a cheese factory in Harrison. And they said, stop taking milk from the farmers. If we find out that you're going to take milk from the farmers again, it's going to get worse for you. So it almost seems like, too, not <coughs> only was the government controlling the prices, but they were also forcing you, like, because they couldn't just voluntarily not sell their milk, apparently. Yeah. Which is strange. Yeah. More cheese factories and creameries were attacked in Manitowoc County. And finally, at the end of the first week of the strike, there was a meeting in Madison. And they said, okay, we're going to meet with the governor. And the governor said, okay, all right. I'm sick of you guys striking. This is no good. We're going to raise the prices 16%. 16 cents on every dollar. How about that? And they said, awesome. That would be great. And the governor said, cool. We're all set. But the governor was a liar. <laughs> he didn't do it? He didn't do it. <laughs> so guess what? They this... said the strike was back on. So they started the second strike. The National Guard was back out there in full, of fo full force. The local sheriffs were allowed to deputize people. They were allowed to use the National Guard. They were allowed to do anything they could to get the milk to the destination for the farmers who didn't want to be in on the strikes. So the the police and the state were on the side of the non-striking farmers. The second strike was more violent than the first. A 50-year-old farmer died in a uh, in a melee. What's um, a melee? In a in a battle, and they got into fisticuffs. Okay. Um. On one occasion, 75 members of the National Guard had to break up one section of the striking riots. On May 18th, in what became known as the Battle of Durham Hill, National Guardsmen took on 300 to 400 strikers in Waukesha County with tear gas and bayonets, and they charged into the picketers with the bayonets. The National Guard around Manitowoc was called to patrol roads around Ozaki and Milwaukee counties, uh, and similarly would attack strikers with the bayonets. So that's nobody wow. likes that. May 19th, two teenage boys were driving in Racine 
trying to deliver supplies to the protesters. They didn't stop their vehicle when they drove past the National Guardsmen, so the National Guardsmen opened fire on them, killing one teenage boy and injuring the other. Things quieted down after that. They were like, okay, we don't want teenage boys getting shot. But then after a couple of months, they decided, we're going to strike again. (laughs) And there was a third strike in October. My God. Militant picketers, strikers, formed... (laughs) formed a border around all highways leading into Manitowoc, stopping all incoming and outgoing trucks and cars. They effectively blocked all milk and dairy supplies from moving. Somebody lit a cross on fire in the front of a farm because the owners were supplying milk to a Manitowoc dairy. Uh, In one incident, a farmer lost his eye uh, in a violent tear gas and bayonet struggle. The Manitowoc County Sheriff signed 150 permits to deputize people. So he headed on uh, several 150 people to carry guns and be basically citizen police officers. On October 28th, a 60-year-old farmer was killed uh, while he was striking in the town of Burke, which is in Dane County, after a single bullet was fired into the crowd. Uh, He was actually not part of the strikers, but was there delivering food to them. Angered over a broken headlight, the shooter was sentenced to two to four years in prison after pleading guilty to manslaughter charges. So yeah, if you shoot a guy and you kill him, you can get four years in prison. Wow. Don't do that. October 31st, Halloween 1933, a cheese factory in Outagamie County was bombed. Two days later, a cheese plant in Ozaki County was blasted with dynamite. An attack took place in Del Prairie on November 6th which is near Wisconsin Dells. A driver came upon a group of hit-and-run strikers as he approached a farm. As he was driving onto the farm, the strikers climbed onto his truck, smashed his windows, and threw the products off the back. He drove around the house of the farm, back towards the main road, uh, but his truck went into the ditch. He finally got the truck back on the road and went straight to Wisconsin Dells. He was able to count 17 men involved who had smashed up his truck. He then sued the county for damages, and the county said, yeah, we didn't do that. <laughs> so the county did not pay him. The Sheboygan Lime Works had seven sticks of dynamite stolen at the beginning of November. Just seven. But on November 2nd, already the next day, a cheese factory outside of Sheboygan was set afire by a dynamite blast thrown from a passing car. Damage was estimated at $15,000. Family was home asleep at the time. Um, of course, the bomb woke them up, but they were they were not hurt. A stick of dynamite was hurled at another cheese factory outside of Adele, which is near Sheboygan, but landed in the driveway and exploded. It scared the kids and blew a hole in the driveway. A mass meeting of farmers was held on November 4th. Um, at this point, they decided we should really probably do something about this. They met with the oh. governor again, okay. and the governor's like, I'm really going to do it this time. <laughs> really going to raise those prices. And did he? And he did. Oh. And did that actually end it all? It seems like that ended it all because conditions for farmers improved beginning at, at the beginning of the next year. And it did the conditions improve just because we were coming out of the Depression at this point? Or just... Or did well, that it's hard to say exactly. I mean... This, we would still be in the Depression, so I don't know um, if you can say any one thing did it or not, but it was enough to get the farmers to stop striking. 
I'm just curious, and this is probably totally out of the range of your scope of knowledge. Yeah, know I mean, there's it. a whole lot more that I would love to know about this, but I tried to make it, you know, concise and quick. So, but uh, I, <laughs> there's so much going on here. Have you ever stumbled on a story like this from the Depression? Like, is this kind of rioting and stuff during the Depression a common thing? Or, or I really or, don't know. Because I've never heard of anything like this before, and this just sounds crazy. I really don't know. I'll tell you. So what happened with this is a few years ago, um, I was teaching a homeschool class, and one of the homeschool classes, we did a series on Wisconsin history. And so I thought, oh, you know, it'd be really good if one of the things was like the history of the dairy industry in Wisconsin, because that's Wisconsin, right? The Mm -hmm. dairy industry. And I didn't know this at that time. So when I was putting that lesson together, I was like, whoa, whoa, what the heck? <laughs> and uh, and I know more now than I did then because, I mean, that it, for the class, it was like a five-minute part of the thing like because we're doing the whole history of dairy in under an hour. Um, but but I was like, what the heck? And, like, you can find pictures online really easily of, like, people dumping milk into oh, the streets. streets and, and, yeah. So, like, apparently it was a pretty big deal, but. It seems to have been largely forgotten, um, but I don't know. I don't know how many other businesses strike went on strike or did other things. I mean, there's been a lot of strikes in the country or the state's history. But this is an excessive strike. I this mean, one seems a bit excessive, and it's weird to me just because it's weird to picture farmers striking. Yeah. Like, if you work for a specific company, like, I get that. Um, like, I'm familiar with, like, the, the Kohler's. Kohler had a few major strikes that resulted in violence and people getting killed, which is a whole other thing. We will talk about that sometime. <laughs> um, but, but like, that's specifically like, hey, we work at Kohler. Our conditions are crappy. We're going on strike. Mm-hmm. It's weird for farmers to do it they're because they're all, like, independent. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they, they don't work for and, and anybody. It, and it was the farmers themselves. It wasn't like their employees even or anything. Right. It was right. the actual farmers that were right. striking. But I mean, you could see why they were so striking. They were, I mean, they were essentially striking against the state, which, yeah. which is weird. It's like, that's not how you normally think of strikes, but... But it's not normal for the state to say, operate your business at a loss right. for the foreseeable future because right. we're in a depression. So, you know... Right. And I and I, I don't know very much at all about that sort of thing. So, I mean, if someone out there is listening to me like, you're an idiot, <laughs> I mean... Fair, but that seems to be a lot of like how farming and agriculture works. It seems like you know there's so much of that that does have like prices set, and then there's all the subsidies and everything. Like it's a very strange industry to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas most people, you'd be like, "All right, you have a product, sell your product for what you can get for, for it. it." Like that's how the market works. Um, apparently, that's not how it works with. Yeah. Milk and and vegetables and everything else. Yeah, because it's a necessity or whatever. Yeah, so, so so there's a whole lot more going on. A lot, lot of lot of pieces in play there that I don't necessarily understand. So, but if somebody does, we'll happily have you on a Patreon. Yeah, to I'm, teach us all about it because it would be really or I, not a Patreon, but we'll have you on a Murder and Mayhem. Yeah, we can have another non-Murder and Mayhem episode. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I'd be interested in it. It's just yeah. it seems like there's a whole lot going on because. Anybody who is not a farmer, which I'm not a farmer, farmer, like I don't know a lot of what goes into all that, like the the rules involved. So, so that's the super the super summary. Like I said, you could probably write a whole lot on this. What What was the date? How long did this last? Like three years? 
No, this is all one year. Oh, this was all one year. Yeah, the first the strike started in February 1933, and the last strike ended in November 33. Okay, so it was on and off throughout the year. Yeah, so I guess I, I guess the government's response to it to actually do something to make it stop seems reasonable. You know, yeah, to for them to get something to done to take a year that seems about normal. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. Sorry, that was my senseless government. No, bashing, that's so. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. I mean, it's it's a tough spot. Like you got to be able to pay the farm or something they can live off of. But then, yeah, but then if the prices go up, the people can't afford it. It's a whole mess. It's a tough spot, but at the yeah. same time, like the raising sixteen cents. Yeah, I mean. I don't that well, which is which is a lot in the thirties. Yeah, that that's a lot more than it is now. But yeah. but still, I think that was you know like there was an obvious solution to this problem, and they just chose not to do it. Yeah, and they probably only made it worse once they said they were going to do it and then didn't do it. Yeah, you know that was just rude. Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, I don't have any other questions. You got anything else? For no, the that's about it. Like I like I said, this is. Breeze through that really quick and probably miss some pieces in here and there. But it's got some mayhem. It does. It's got some people who got killed. And it kind of has a Fox Cities connection because one of the guys running the strikes from Shyockton, which I would consider local. So Well, and, and obviously, probably in the 30s where we're sitting right here was probably farmland. That could be. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into this episode we will be back in two weeks with another one and again thanks for your support thank you very much